you're always going to have, whether it be NFL, high school, college, you're going to have some kids, some players who want a championship more than others, right? But yeah. I think that's where leadership on that team comes into play. Like when you have the leaders, whether it be senior leaders or even someone who may be an underclassman, but as far as work ethic goes, as far as going on the field and producing, they're leaders. So I think once you get these people in your building, you as coaching staff, you rely on those guys to lead your team. Yeah. But you also got to realize that in a team dynamic, you have players that have influence both from that leadership point of view of, hey, I want to win a championship. This is what we're doing. Let's go out there and win. But yeah. you also have the influence of a player who's kind of like, eh, I'm here. Players look up to me. So pretty much whatever I do, they'll most likely follow. And those are the people that you lean on your leaders to kind of bring them along. Even if you bring them along halfway mm-hmm. and they meet you at the halfway point, that's better than them being so far off that the team's just distracted and not winning. Yeah. You know what I mean? So those are the easy kids to coach. Yeah. It's coaching the other kids with all the influence on everyone else. Once you can bring those people on board, that's when you win. In case you haven't noticed, we love podcasts. In fact, we love building podcasts, everything from development to production. Because of all that, we're building a -a one-of-a-kind podcast network. If you have a podcast or looking to launch a new podcast, then we should talk. You can message me on Twitter at Eric underscore Kaz or hit us up any way that works for you. Let's talk about your podcast joining this one-of-a-kind podcast network. It's our get back. Not necessarily on some like Michigan always beats us, that kind of thing, but like... After last year, after the beating that we took and having to sit there and then hear Desmond Howard over at the Heisman ceremony, throw his little shots over at CJ. Like for me, like I was like, bro, number one, you too grown to be doing that. Yep. Number one. Number two, I'm not trying to be super sensitive guy, right? Because, you know, guys joke around, but like, come on, man. Yeah. You grown, you making these jokes on the stage. Uncalled for. And he can only make jokes like this every 10 years, it seems like. So yeah, I guess it's cool. But like, come on, man. So all nah. of that building up on top of like this Saturday coming in, man, two yeah. versus three, like it's over with. Yeah. That was childish. That was mm-hmm. a bad look. Like, I can't imagine Michigan people being okay with that. I can't mm-hmm. imagine ESPN. I mean, I guess they're okay with it because they don't care. Mm-hmm. And they're looking for ratings. And so that clip is just being shown on repeat right now mm-hmm. with him and Hutchinson. And like, that has to just burn deep, you know, to CJ's teammates to watch that back at home when no one's around to defend it. It was just, oh man, it was just like, it was just Bush League, unacceptable. And regardless of who wins and loses games, you don't treat a young man like that, a young woman like that. Like everything about it was bad. I think it's an embarrassment mostly to say that's an embarrassing moment for Desmond Howard. Yeah. I mean, Desmond Howard's going to do what he does anyway. I mean, yeah, it is what it is. But like yeah. for me, I just kind of look at it like when it comes to Ohio State Michigan rivalry, right? Mm-hmm. Like you can tell like there's the normal kind of jokes here and there, but like it was like, my dude, you're going a little bit too personal. Yeah. On some national TV. And you're saying things personal almost like you know CJ. Like that's what y'all do. Like y'all talk about something like this all the time. Right. Like that was probably his first interaction for real, for real, with this man. And yeah. that's what you're gonna say yeah. on stage. Like, bro. Yeah. Well, you could see it in his face and CJ Stroud's face that. It was uncomfortable. 
Yeah, like like you said, I get it. Like if there's inside jokes and you guys play around with each other, not that. No, nah, man. So like, I've been waiting on that, hearing this fool saying that all year. I've been waiting. I mean, yeah. after the game, I was already ready for this year. Yeah. But then hearing him on stage like that and just try to like punk him like that. Nah. Yeah. I think CJ threw for what, 300 something yards versus Michigan too. Yeah. But I mean, regardless of any of that, like it was like, come on, man. And Ohio State, like people have been talking about the game last year. So like there's this assumption that Ohio State got bullied on all sides. You know, they got beat. They got beat pretty bad. But that line, but they were still doing stuff. Yeah. They were still doing stuff on offense, like you just said. Yeah. I mean, we got bullied up front. That's what it was. We lost it in the trenches. I mean, we lost the rushing battle. You know, we could not stop the run. That's what we lost it. Yeah. I mean, it is what it is. And I'll take that L. Yeah. As an old player, as an old head, as someone, unfortunately, who lost to Michigan his senior year, I get it. But like, that was just uncalled for. Yeah. But again, it's get back season. So do you want, everyone's got different take on this, right? Because the SEC has become the dominant conference, right? That's talked about the most. But when Ohio's now all of a sudden, Ohio State, Michigan, two years in a row is mm-hmm. the marquee game of the year. It's always the marquee game, but like on a national level. It means something again. It does. Do you want Michigan to like, okay, Michigan's playing Illinois. They're in a close game. I mean, they're possibly losing that game. We don't have to mm-hmm. talk about the later. We can talk about the afternoon game later, but yeah. do you, are you like kind of hoping Michigan loses? Or are you like, oh man, don't blow this and ruin the two versus three battle? No, I didn't want them to lose at all. Okay. I also didn't want anyone to get hurt. Yeah. Because we want to have the best game possible. And at the end of the day, and I know we'll go to the Maryland-Ohio State game afterwards. You know, I'm looking at that game, and I'm seeing they're just going at it. I mean, it's really showing how tough the Big Ten really is, seeing Illinois, who's in a battle for the West, and they have to win that game in order for them to possibly win the West, right? And then the very next game, it's Ohio State-Maryland. And everyone already saw Michigan-Maryland in the beginning of the season, it's how yeah. tough Maryland was. And it wasn't a fluke. Like, Maryland was a good ball club, right? Oh, yeah. I think it shows how tough the Big Ten really is. But also, I mean, I look at it kind of like Ohio State, Michigan, two and three. I think of Ohio State beats Michigan. In my opinion, I don't think it's fair to let LSU jump them. Yeah. LSU, I believe, has two losses, right? I believe yeah. it is. Yeah. And one is, I think, what, Texas A&M and Someone else, whoever it may be. Yeah, so that's if LSU, I mean, they could jump them this week and then championship week and they would have, yeah. if they were to play Georgia and lose, then LSU would obviously be out. Be out and now right. you have a question. Now it comes down to USC, TCU. TCU most likely is going to win their two games, you would expect. Yeah, right. But, but USC's got two tough games ahead. You know, they're going to have Notre Dame and they're going to have, let's say, Oregon in the Pac-12 championship. There'll be right. questions there because aside from a like a just a blowout, one way or the other in the game, there's a chance the loser of the game gets in. Like you could say, well, Ohio State's playing at home. If they lose, that's not a good look. Possibly, but they've been number two. They've been number two all year. Yeah. And they have some top 15 wins now. You got Penn State, you got Notre Dame. I mean, so. I think Notre Dame beats USC. That's just my opinion. That's yeah. why I didn't even include USC. Yeah. Yeah. You just take in my them mind, out. I'm like, yeah. Marcus is going to take them yeah. out. Yeah. I'm not worried about it. That's not a team I don't think. A lot of teams would want to play. I think you could score on them, but their offense, like if you're leaky on defense, they're going to get you. No, their offense is wild. But yeah. the thing about Marcus, I mean, he's a defensive-minded coach. I know yeah. he's going to be prepared for that. So we'll see. And they yeah. might be looking ahead. They may not be ready for that moment. So yeah. we'll yeah. see. Yeah. There's a lot, especially come off their game versus UCLA. Mm-hmm. So you want Michigan 
to do well, except in the game, right? Like, but yeah, that I makes mean, it harder. It makes it harder on Ohio State, and it creates this problem. Like, if they lose, that could eliminate them mm-hmm. altogether. I mean, the loser of this game could be eliminated, or you're putting it in the hands of somebody else to make the decision for you, which is never a good thing, especially coming from the Big Ten. Right. But I think it also shows that the Big Ten and the SEC, I mean, they're the conferences to really yeah. be in at this point, right? Yeah. I mean, UCLA and USC are going to be coming here in, yep. what is it, 2024? Something like that. I mean, who knows? Politics, again, involved. Yeah. So, yeah. Right, right. So, <laughs> I mean, yeah, it's going to be crazy. But also, the playoffs are going to be expanding. So we yep. don't have to worry about a top four team anymore. What do you think about the playoffs? Like, what's been your process? Because you had the bowl era, right? Which is like, you go mm-hmm. to the Rose Bowl, you do that. Yeah. Then you had the BCS era. Now you got the top four and then you're going to a playoff. Like if you had to choose and it could be something totally different, like where would you go with a playoff? As far as like how many teams I let in or? Yeah, like what would be the style you would want or you think would be work best with playoff for college football? I mean, I'm good with the, what, eight teams or whatnot. I think that's fair. Yeah. Or just kind of mirror any kind of playoffs that like say like a division three, division two, whatever conference are doing. I think yeah. we can mirror that. Obviously, there's going to be some traveling that's involved, and the NCAA is going to have to figure out how are we going to make these bowl games, you know, relevant. You know, people aren't in the playoffs, which yeah, I think they'll figure that piece out anyway because people will travel. Yeah, right. But yeah, I, mean, I just I like the playoff picture. I mean, it brings me back to early high school where it's yeah. like anybody can get beat. Do you like the twelve team playoff? Listen, eight, twelve, it doesn't, it matter, doesn't matter. to me. Yeah. So what if you're, let's say, Ohio State, Michigan, whoever, right? They mm-hmm. go undefeated. They get a bye. So in the 12-team playoff, which is the direction we're most likely going, it sounds mm-hmm. like that's what they're doing. They get a bye, and then they go, and then some team, let's say, gets upset, the team that they're going to play, and they're playing the number 11 team in the country the second mm-hmm. week, and a team that's lost two, maybe three games, maybe not in a great conference, like North Carolina slips. I know North Carolina lost, whoever. Right. All of a sudden, you lose to them. That's NFL style, right? That's what the NFL does. Hey, when you get to the playoffs, the record's 0-0. Zero, zero. Yeah, yeah, okay. So you as a player, though, you want that style, understanding that. Yeah. Because it's easier, I would say. Ohio State, I mean, in Alabama. Picture Alabama coming up to Wisconsin. Oh, man, yeah. Or Ohio, or even Michigan in December. Mm. Bruh. Yeah. They don't want that. Yeah. Like we even saw in the bowl game a couple years ago where I think it was Wisconsin versus Miami. And yeah. Wisconsin was over there, short sleeves. No long socks, just kind of wearing normal things. I think it, it may have been 50 or maybe 45 yeah. degrees outside. Yeah. And then Miami was out there, long-sleeved everything, masks, like yeah. it was like negative five. Yeah. Like, yeah. they're not used to playing in cold weather like that. So yeah. you want to even the playing field, go play up in Wisconsin, go play up in Ohio in yeah. December. So that's probably the main reason as to why I think the playoff does make sense for that. Or let's say Wisconsin going to Death Valley at LSU mm-hmm. in a playoff game, because Wisconsin would then be in the mix for because they're not making the playoff most likely unless of some random year in a 14 playoff. No. And then all of a sudden that's a night game. It's a night game. It's hot. But guess what? You know what? No, not the heat. I'm just saying from the environment. Oh, environment-wise? I mean, they ain't worried about that. This is what we do. They're used to the madhouse in Madison. Like, it's not that big of a deal. No, I get that. I get that. I just think, like, when you get that matchup, it's just so unique that you don't typically have that game. Like, it's just not happening. Now, all of a sudden, we're going to get those games. I mean, 
good exposure for those schools, for these kids who say they're getting offered by SEC schools or schools yeah. that are, I mean, down in that area. It's exposure for the students and for the universities. Yeah. So we've talked about this a bunch, and I think it's a good time to bring it up because we're talking about it now. So you have a playoff. It's going to be harder to win. Like, there's just no two ways about it. You're going to run into mm-hmm. a team. You know, it's like the Boise State, Oklahoma, all of a sudden you're playing Boise State. Mm-hmm. And they're good. Chances are you'd beat them nine out of 10 times, but that one time they get you because they're playing with nothing to lose. And championship or bust, it's a tough way to college basketball. We've seen it every single year. I mean, the best teams do not win. I mean, once in a while they do, but oftentimes it's just like, man, I remember seeing Kentucky. You just get beat by Wisconsin some years ago. And mm-hmm. you're just like, that Kentucky team was loaded, but they're out. Like they're done. And so how do you take that as like a, as some of these bigger programs where it is, championship or bust. I mean, I think you're getting these players, especially those who have the ability and will have the opportunity to play in the NFL. Yeah. You're getting them ready right now because it's the same thing in the league. Yeah. As soon as you get there, you get in the playoffs, like you win or you go home. Right. Like there's no in between. There's no any of that. Like, yeah, I think you're preparing everybody. And I think, I think a lot of the kids, I mean, they're used to it because of high school playoffs. Or yeah. So it's not yeah. anything that's going to be like, brand new to them. Now, the NCAA is going to be the only one that's going to have to change to a certain extent because Division One hasn't done playoffs like this before, yeah. but they've done it throughout the NCAA right. and other divisions. So, Who takes it harder? A player that's like super passionate about winning it all or some of these fans that you see that are just like... And you know, there's different levels of fans. And different people, levels. Yeah, there's just no doubt, but <laughs> who takes it harder? Like, Because you've been on both sides now. Man, I've been on both sides. I've seen... The fans go crazy, but I've also seen teammates like Cam Hayward, who, after we lost the national championship in 07, his freshman year, he sent a text out to us like, yo, sorry, guys, you know, I didn't play as well as I should have. You know, this loss is on me. And I was kind of like, yo, like, you're a freshman here at Ohio State. Thank you for taking that blame. But like, yo, you ain't shouldering all of that. Like, yeah, everyone played, you know what I mean? Yeah. So. I don't know, man. It just depends on the player because Cam's one of those guys who he's going to take a loss pretty bad. Yeah. And even if we win and if he feels like he did not play well, mm. he's going to take it very bad. So I, I think it just depends on the yeah. player, if that makes sense. Because there's some players who lose and kind of like, okay, we lost. Let's make the adjustments, move forward, that kind of thing. And other players who literally will beat themselves up yeah. until they have an opportunity to play the next game. Yeah. And then still look back at that game saying, man, I should have won. And this is what I should have done different. That was the LSU game, right? Mm-hmm. LSU, OSU, yeah. What did he, if you remember, like, what did Cam Hayward do the next day? He was just quiet. I mean, this is just kind of how Cam is. He's just very, like, when season's over, he's just very quiet yeah. to himself. Yeah. Just kind of like in a funk. Yeah. He'll go work out and this and the other, but he's just in a funk. But like after like a couple of weeks, he gets out of the funk and he's focusing on the next thing, which is cool. But yeah, yeah, man, it's just kind of who he is as a player. He's very passionate about the game. He loves the game, puts his heart and soul into the game. So when it comes to them losses, man, he takes them personal. Yeah. You hear the stories about people choosing to go to certain schools to play football, right? Like you go to Ohio <laughs> State, you go to pick a school, go to... Maryland, right? You don't go to Maryland to win national championships. But like you were to your point earlier, Maryland, some of the best skill players we'd seen. That was the best skill players Ohio State has seen and maybe will see unless they were to play like, say, maybe a Tennessee or a TCU's got a lot or USC, right? Mm-hmm. They got some skill players. Absolutely. But 
everyone's going to the schools for different reasons, right? And part of like number six on the list might be like, I want to play in the national championship. For some other players, like I want to win a national championship. So when you get there, and I'm sure it's the same thing in like the NFL, it's like some guys that they want the contract. And how could you argue with that? Like, man, you got, this is amazing opportunity. You have to make a lot of money playing the sport that you love. And yeah, you're going to be able to compete and play against the best in the world and maybe win a Super Bowl. And, you know, some people are there because they got a scholarship and they know they're not going to go to the league and they, they just want to be a part of the experience. That's maybe the team culture coming together to where the coaches have to put this to say, I guess everyone's got the same goal. And then maybe that's what I'm getting at here. Mm-hmm. But when some players are just like, that's all they want, like they just want to win the national championship where others, I don't know, like, you see what I'm getting at? Like, yeah, I mean, you got to make sure everyone is focused on the same thing. That's it. You're always going to have, whether it be NFL, high school, college, you're going to have some kids, some players who want a championship more than others, right? But I think that's where leadership on that team comes into play. Like when you have the leaders, whether it be senior leaders or even someone who may be an underclassman, but as far as work ethic goes, as far as going on the field and producing, they're leaders. So I think once you get these people in your building, you as coaching staff, you rely on those guys to lead your team. Yeah. But you also got to realize that in a team dynamic, you have players that have influence both from that leadership point of view of, hey, I want to win a championship. This is what we're doing. Let's go out there and win. But yeah. you also have the influence of a player who's kind of like, eh, I'm here. Players look up to me. So pretty much whatever I do, they'll most likely follow. And those are the people that you lean on your leaders to kind of bring them along. Even if you bring them along halfway mm-hmm. and they meet you at the halfway point, that's better than them being so far off that the team's yeah. just distracted and not winning. Yeah. You know what I mean? So those are the easy kids to coach. Yeah. It's coaching the other kids with all the influence on everyone else. Once you can bring those people on board, that's when you win. Yeah. You see that in companies a lot where there'll be someone who's toxic and they're looking to rally some people around them. So the mm-hmm. leadership's going this direction. This person's like, we don't like the leader because of that. And like, yeah, we agree. Let's go to lunch together and let's talk about this. And let's, you know, they're dogging things. And then you just, culture gets destroyed. Destroyed. There's that speech. I'm sure you've seen it. Larry Johnson talking about grab someone who's average and bring them with you. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that to your point, it sounds a lot like, you know, it's in workouts, it's in the game, it's in the shared vision of where we're going. Man, you got to do it because you got to be able to either bring that, as you say, the toxic person, either bring them kind of the neutral or bring that person that's neutral or average and pull them along to the greatness. Yeah. Otherwise, they're going to get pulled somewhere else and then the team is gone. Yeah. Like, that's just how it goes. Yeah. Both in football, life, with oh, man. company culture, it don't yeah. matter what it is. Yeah. These are the things that you have to do in order for you to win. Yeah. I've seen it. I've seen toxic people bring like leaders down, like the coach, the position coach, right? What's going on? Why is this happening? Mm-hmm. And it's hard. It's very difficult thing to deal with. And I can't imagine on a football, in college football, where you have 80 something and plus, and then all the staff that's there, man, that's like, that's a large company that they're dealing with. Yeah. And you have to make sure those that are in the leadership position are saying and doing the right things always. And I say this Using the example from this past weekend, Zach Wilson over with the Jets, right? Yeah. I was sitting in the barbershop the other day and someone said that in the second half, the offense averaged like two and a half inches per play. Something crazy like that. I'm like, bro, what? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) And at the end of the game, they asked him like, you know, your defense only let up 10 points. 
You guys didn't score any touchdowns. The offense kind of came to a standstill in the second half. Do you feel like you let the defense down? And his response was no. Yeah. And he moved forward. So, like, as I first heard his response, I'm like, well, maybe he didn't understand the question. <laughs> but then I started thinking about it a little bit more. I'm like, nah, he understood that question. He just refusing to take accountability. Yeah. And as a leader, as a quarterback on that yeah. team, it goes back to what we were talking about before. It's going to go either way. And as soon as players started hearing that, I mean, he lost the locker room. And that's probably the reason why he's not starting this Sunday. Yeah. Is there a situation, because I heard that too, and I've always seen him, and I have not studied him and watched him close enough to know like what he's like. You just hear stuff, and, and some guys just come off as, do these guys really like him? Do they want to play for him? Because, and I don't know. And then he says a comment like that, and then I could flip it on the other side, because I often think these things go in two different directions. <laughs> Maybe he's like, no, because I don't need to talk about this with you. You're the media. I don't owe you anything. And in the locker room, he's saying something different. I doubt it, but... I doubt it. And this is the reason why. Because Garrett Wilson said, I'm sick of this shit. It's unacceptable. Yeah. We need to figure yeah. it out. There you go. So no, I can't give him any passes because I can't say, well, he's still young. And like, no, no, you said You're an NFL you said. quarterback. And your quarterback. And that's kind of where I fall too. Because when you get to that point, it's like, if you don't want to be a starting quarterback in the NFL, then don't, then that's fine. But if you are, and, you know, we could talk about Ohio State. Like, if Ohio State loses, they're going to hear it. Like, it's just the way it's going to be. It's unfair. CJ Stroud took the blame last year. <laughs> yeah. For Oregon and for uh, He was Michigan. a child. <laughs> he threw for 300 yards in both games. Yeah. Like, actually, Crazy. I think he threw for 400 in Oregon, or close to it. Yeah. But like, yo, Crazy. like, that's a leader. Yeah. Like, that's like the Cam Hayward mindset. Yeah. Like, regardless, good, bad, and different, it's my fault. It's on me. Yeah. Blame me. Point your fingers at me. Yeah. There's a lot mentally, because I would say Zach Wilson, when I think about it, is a little bit fight, flight, or freeze mentality. Because I get it. Because I'm sure he is just like, he's in New York, hearing it. They just came off a big win versus the Bills not that long ago. By week, they come back, and it's like, stuff changes in that league, like, overnight. Same in college. And the expectations. And so you have to be ready to deal with these expectations or you will, I mean, it just seems like, or you'll crumble and you can't get through it. Yeah, I mean, but for his situation, I don't remember reading much about him in college. We went to BYU, correct? Yeah. I want to say. Yeah, and he had that big year that last year. Yeah. I didn't hear any interviews with him in college and said, yeah, so I'm not going to talk about his character, what's happening and said, yeah, I'm right. not here to do that. Yeah. However, that one clip of him saying, no, it's not my fault. To me, that's weird. Y'all lost 10 to three. Yeah. Your offense didn't score a touchdown. And you're saying that you did not let the defense down. Yeah. Take the blame. Even if you don't think it's your fault, take the blame. Yeah. <laughs> like you said, like Cam took the blame. Like if Cam's team, say the Steelers, they lose 20 to 17. If they ask Cam a question, he's going to bite our defense, let him score too many points. Yeah. Do you get what I'm saying? Like, it's on me. It's on us. Yeah. I could have done better. This is on me. Don't blame anyone else. Yeah. Who would you rather have as a leader of your team, right? I mean, that's... I'm... It's funny. My son's still young. and He's playing sports and he's on these teams and he sees... He sees these cultures of like these teams that really care for each other. Like the Cameron Babb situation. Mm -hmm. And he looks at that and he's like, my God. And he loves sports. Like, it doesn't matter. And he just wants to play. And he wants to be a part of a cult. He's like, I would love to be on a team like that. Like, nothing mm -hmm. would 
make me happier to be, and he tries, right? And I'm not saying he won't, right? He's still young. And it's like, and then you see the toxic behavior of like that. It's like, oh man, you see that so much. It's so easy to deflect and to not take the blame and to not accept accountability. But it's cool to see like, because you can see both sides. Because like, it's not just in middle school or high school. Like this stuff is happening in the New York. It's the New York Jets, man. Like that's crazy. It happens in football and companies and life and marriages and friendships and anything. Like if you're unwilling to take accountability, like bro, like, yeah. Where do we go from here? Yeah. That's what Jimmy says. I mean, when we had him on the podcast, I mean, I go back to those clips so often. He's accepting responsibility. Just stop asking why. Why did we lose? Well, look at yourself first. Start, what start did there. you do? Right. Did you do all that you could do? Right. That's why I always to go back to. If something goes wrong in my life, whether it's in business, whatever it may be, and I'm upset, before I start blaming someone, I ask, did you do everything you were supposed to do? Yeah. And after I figure that piece out and I make the corrections on my end. Yeah. It's funny because at that moment, I'm not so angry at that other person anymore. Yeah. Or I can't really point my finger at that person like I wanted to because (laughs) there were certain things that I was in control of that they had nothing to do with. Yeah. You know what I mean? So Mm -hmm. that's just life. Yeah. And hopefully Zach Wilson takes this opportunity and he learns from it. That's the best thing that you wish for him at this point because he's got a lot of talented players over with the Jets and I mean they can be good but it's going to come down to leadership yeah and I'm not too sure how we got the Zach Wilson on this one but it's great we're just rolling yeah we're good I do I love it it's expectations I think part of what we were talking about with teams and like where Mm -hmm. teams are going to go but it's individuals as well and we can look at like a Travion Henderson who comes in Mm -hmm. as the number one running back in the and he is he is so talented he good. seems like a really good kid. Like, he's like you good. see what he, it, it's just all of the above. And, you know, and, and he's hurt, right? He's dinged up and we don't know the extent of it because they don't share that stuff. And I'm sure he would never make an excuse. And you root for a kid like that. And, you know, for whatever reason, it's just, it's not to say he's not meeting the expectations of what people expect of him. That's the difference. And, yeah. and you know, other guys are maybe doing a little bit better, but man, I'm sure everyone has it. You had expectations. Everyone has expectations. And, it's got to be difficult, especially when you're in the limelight and you're carrying the ball at Ohio State, Eddie George, Ezekiel Elliott, and all the Archie Griffin. Like, that's a lot of responsibility mm-hmm. to shoulder. And when it's not happening and everyone's judging you as to why it's not happening and what you're doing wrong, man, it's a lot. That's a lot. Yeah. And Trayvon Henderson, I mean, I guess when people look at him, they see his season and they're like, hey, you know what? He's not doing exactly what we thought he was supposed to do. He's not really living up to those expectations. I mean, he just hasn't been healthy. That's it. Yeah. Like, it's not that he can't perform. It's just that Yahoo right now, you're just not healthy enough to do so. Yeah. So you can't really judge someone and critique their play if they're not 100% healthy. Yeah. Right. And as far as like other players, as far as shouldering that responsibility and the finger pointing and this and the other, I found, at least in my life, whenever that pressure was there and at Ohio State, I'm not going to lie, that pressure for me crushed me, period. Like, I'm just going to be 100% honest with you. It did. But the reason why I allowed it to crush me was because I was, again, going back to kind of like a Jimmy Bell podcast where we were talking about, I was trying to act as someone else and not being Nate, if that makes sense. Yeah. Like whenever you're trying to go walk in the shoes of someone else, Mm. they're not going to fit the same. You're not going to walk in the same. You're not going to be able to do the things that you want to do. So I guess the best thing for any player and or anybody that's in a company right now is just be the best you that you can be. Like concentrate on you. Like you can learn from others, do all those other things. That's fine. But like until you 
come back to your true self and be exactly what you are, nothing's going to matter what you do because you won't be able to sustain it. You might have some success for a little bit, but you won't be able to sustain that. Yeah. Because you're acting like somebody that that's not you. Yeah. Only you can do you. Yeah. As simple as that. That word you use, sustain, I think that's it. You can put on that mask or you can pretend for so long and then it's probably exhausting. Yeah, you're going to be exhausted. Yeah. You got to be you. Just kind of really bringing it back to Trayvon Henderson and then really just this team. Mm. I think this entire year, they've kind of figured out who they are as Mm. a team. They've been punched in the mouth multiple times last year, right? Oregon, Michigan, first half of that Rose Bowl versus Utah, right? They figured out kind of who they were. And this year, they faced a lot of adversity when it comes to close games, right? Mm Mm-hmm but also injuries and they're coming together. They're showing you exactly who they are. And I think when Bab caught that touchdown and he scored that right there, let you know exactly who this team is. They know who they are. They're going to fight for each other and they're winners. Yeah. They know how to win. They're going to figure out a way because they know they can look to their left and to their right and know that they have a teammate that's going to fight for them. Yeah. Well, as even when Dallin Hayden came in and he was playing well, Henderson had a boot on. He wasn't going back in the game at this point. He had tried it. He was congratulating him on one of his many touchdowns in the second half. Exactly. And that's a young kid who's, you know, he wants to play. He wants to play this week, I'm sure. He wants to start if he could. Oh, yeah. I mean, at this point, he's going to get some carries. And that kid right now is running with confidence because that Maryland team was great defense. They played well. (laughs) They were great defense. Like, it was no fluke. That was a great team. Yeah, people get a little bit lost into like transitive property or how they did the previous week. It's like, well, they weren't as healthy against Penn State or and things didn't go as well for them. And for whatever reason, you know, this was a big game. It was at home and they came out, they showed out in that game. There were some comments I was reading. Antonio Pittman played running back Ohio State, firefighter mm-hmm. today, man, like amazing mm-hmm. story. And he was talking about Travion Henderson. And I'd have to look back exactly what he was saying because it was like a week ago when I was reading it, or not a week, a little less than a week ago, about how his first few steps is where he's getting himself in a little bit of trouble. I think he was alluding to the fact that like confidence, injury, not being able to push off certain things mm-hmm. and he's just not see. I, we'd have to look at it again. You know, that's coaching because mm-hmm. they asked Hayden, like, what are you doing? He's like, I'll just listen to the coaches. Like, trust what you see mm-hmm. and go, right? Yeah. Don't overthink this. Yep. And hold on to the ball. <laughs> yeah, right. That's the most important thing. Do not lose that rock. That's the most important thing. No, I didn't see what Pitt said, but I mean, from what I know of Pitt, like, he's a straight shooter. Like, he doesn't sugarcoat anything. Just kind of like, if he said, hey, this is probably what he's doing. Yeah. 100%. That's probably what Travion Henderson is doing. And he probably said it in a way that wasn't even, like, demeaning to him. He, oh, he wasn't. It was probably like, yo, like, this is what I'm seeing from my view if he does whatever it is that he needs to do, yeah. those first couple steps, he'll be fine. But I mean, Pitt, one of the greatest yeah. running backs to play here at OSU, you know what I mean? So Yeah, he was not, because even someone said, you know, comments start happening and then they're like, well, you're calling Travion Henderson. He's like, no, that's not at all what I'm saying. I'm just, that's what he'd be saying. If he was sitting on the sidelines, he'd pull him aside. He's like, here's what yeah. I'm seeing. And that's it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, man. Pitt, I mean, his story is wild. I listened to a few podcasts that he did with Beanie and he talked about his relationship with Beans and how essentially, he basically was, Pitt was like, I'm going to be Antonio Pittman. You be Beanie Wells, and that's what it's going to be. And they pushed each other and they competed against each other, but they were still congratulating each other as they were going at it, basically. Yeah. And essentially, it made them both better running backs. And, you know, Pitt had an amazing Michigan game back in 06. And yeah. then 
I think Beanie had the first long run for his touchdown in 06 as well. Yeah. So like that relationship based off of that podcast and then seeing them that entire year, it really makes sense. Yeah. So yeah, Pitt, he's a straight shooter. That's for sure. Yeah. This game, when you bring that up or you see him talking on Twitter and you see, you know, like good things, right? Talking just like about the game and interest and, and this game means a lot, right? It's not, it's not just a football game and it, it runs deeper. I talked to someone in Brazil like not that long ago, and the World Cup is now happening. It was before the World Cup. Mm-hmm. He said the biggest sport in Brazil is volleyball because football, soccer for them mm. is more than a sport. It's a religion. Mm. Uh, that makes sense. Yeah, because you think like you hear him, you're like, oh, wow, really? And he's like, no, it's just different. This is what we do. This is what we do. And you know what I'll say? Like you talked about, you can separate the two. If they lose, it's this or that. Or if they don't play well, like you can get on with your life. You know, the food might not taste as good that night or something like that. But mm-hmm. this one's big, man. It, it just, it goes generations. And it's not just at Ohio State, but it's pretty big at Ohio it's State. It's pretty big. Yeah, man. <laughs> I mean, listen, like when I say lose, like I'm talking about a normal game, mm. if that makes sense. Like I lost in 2011. I'll never forget that. I'll never let that go. Yeah. But seeing that last year's loss, like still sick to my stomach on that one. Yeah. But you're not going to like go into a depressed mode I won't go into a depressed mode necessarily, but like this game, like I need people to realize like this game, it hits different. Yeah. It means a lot more. And I think people forgot that because, you know, under Coop, they lost. I think Coop was two and not three and nine. Oh, I forgot. It was, it was a losing record and there was a tie. Yeah. But with Trestle, like we were winning. Yeah. So I think people kind of got complacent and like, oh yeah, this is normal. Like, yo, it's not really normal to be this dominant. In yeah. 22 years. I think Michigan's yeah. won three. Yeah. Three games in 22 years, I think it was. Like, yo, this ain't normal, right? Yeah. But yeah, for like ex-players, like this game is everything. Yeah. Like this is the game where you can submit your yourself in Buckeye lore, basically. Yeah. You go out here as a player and you're trying to make the play to like jumpstart your career or make a play to where it's like it's memorable. And I remember watching Chris Olave when he was a redshirt freshman, maybe, or maybe he was a freshman. Yeah. Can't remember what, but where he was only playing special teams and he blocked the punt in the mm. Michigan game, then caught a touchdown. Yeah. And I was like, this kid's going to be special Yeah. based off the Michigan game. Yeah. Cause he stepped up where we needed it the most. Right. So this game's for all the marbles, man. Yeah. You know, this is the game where everything matters more the, you know, you're going to hit a lot harder during this game. A first down means a lot more. Like it's going to come down to the trenches game of inches who's going to win in the trenches are we going to win the rushing battle are we going to win the turnover battle yeah are we going to play the better special teams like everything matters everything's magnified in this game yeah i'm I'm trying not to go super super crazy but like yo this game is everything right like just so we're clear when we're listening this game is everything yeah when you hear and i don't know if you've heard this Ameka was talking about how they're like resting on their laurels a little bit. I don't know exactly how he said it. And there's like two players that said something like, we've just been winning a lot, right? Like you were just saying. And maybe just took it for granted for a second. And I don't know, maybe certain players did. You know, maybe they didn't, for whatever reason, like they just felt like they had it. I don't know if that's true or not. I mean, I guess if he said it, they must have felt it at some level. But I guess it's possible. But I don't know, man. Like, what do you, when you hear that, I don't know. Maybe I wasn't in the locker room. I don't know what these kids were thinking, but I can tell you what I was thinking when I was watching the warmups in 2021. I remember watching the warmups and I saw our offensive linemen 
They were wearing long sleeves. And at that moment, I said, yo, offensive linemen do not wear long sleeves in the cold, period. Now, I've never seen it. And when I've seen it, it's only been like Trent Williams and he's different, yeah. right? Yeah. <laughs> but like, yo, like we don't do that. So as soon as I saw that, I looked over to my mom. I said, we ain't tough enough. Mm. And I text my cousin, Jamal, who's the defensive coordinator of Youngstown State. And I said, cuz, I don't know if we're going to win. I don't think we're tough enough. Mm. And he started laughing because he said, man, I was just texting you like, yo, they're wearing long sleeves. I don't oh, think. Yeah. So like, it's just certain things yeah. that you see that you can recognize as a player. You're like, yo, something's off. Yeah. Like for me, it was the long sleeves. At that moment, I said, yo, it's, it's not <laughs> going to be a good day. Yeah. You can call it like, oh, he's tripping and this, that, the other. But like, yeah. again, it's the little things. It's magnified. Like, yeah. you do not wear long sleeves as an old lineman. Yeah. And Hutchinson went ham. And yeah. the other guy, I can't remember his guy. Yeah, yeah. He got drafted. Yeah, they both play well. Oh, my yeah. God. I remember, so I grew up in Buffalo, and I would go with Bruce Smith. And he was mm. a defensive line, obviously. But warm-ups, they would play these teams. And Miami oftentimes came to Buffalo in cold weather in the playoffs, and he'd have the cutoff on. Thurman Thomas had the cutoff on. Like, it was they would get in the heads of these other guys. And this was before the sidelines were that warm. Like they had a little bench. I mean, I remember once the Arizona Cardinals were in town and their damn bench just like was flying in the wind. Like they had no chance. It didn't even matter. I mean, the bills yeah. were better, but on top of it, you throw in this the elements, like they just you could see that they were not tough enough to play in that weather. And Bruce Smith would just torment them, man. Like it was a mental thing, like you just said. Mm-hmm. That's all mental, man. This game is well, life too, but this game is mental. Yeah. As soon as someone checks out yeah. mentally, it's over with. Yeah. Like, is there a way for him to come back in? Yeah, he can check back in, but like, understand once you break their soul, Oof. it's over. There's no coming back. Man. You know what I mean? So this game means a lot, man. Yeah. So the players know they felt the loss last year. They're going to have all of our support. We'll be in the stadium. All the former players, we have the Tunnel of Pride where the players go and run in between and it's senior day and yeah, we'll be there. Yeah. I know I'm excited. Yeah. I'm sure all of Columbus is excited as well. So Fuck that nation. Yeah, man. When you have a game like this, this is a big moment, right? Top of the moment type of game. Like this happens once, right? And then it happens once a year. And then eventually you won't be playing in that game or in that moment or that championship. That's a hard thing. Like you hear about people who build the business and they sell the business and like, well, now what do I do? What's next? Or they achieve the championship. What do I? Great. You won the trophy, right? You got it. Like you celebrate it. You had fun. But it's like that going out and they have that big night, that party, right? Like Solomon talked about it. Like you could have a big night and have a lot of fun and you have create amazing memories. What do you do next? And it's got to be, it is difficult. We've all probably dealt with it in some way. But like when you're in the limelight where it's not just you celebrating, it's like all of the fans around the world are celebrating with you. What's next? Like, I'm sure you have conversations about this, but even like just getting the opportunity to play in the game, to be out there when all this stuff is happening, where it's like, that'll last for four hours and a little bit afterwards and all that. And then it's, and it's over mm-hmm. and everyone goes home and everyone goes on and life happens and all that. Like when I say all that, like what comes to mind for you? Man. Outside of my body being broken, <laughs> man, I miss it. That's it. As you said it, I was like, man, I do. I remember everything. I remember my last Michigan game, unfortunately, where we lost up in Ann Arbor. I remember the bus ride home, which was horrible. It was horrible, right? I remember C 
senior day on Saturday. I remember we had Penn State for our senior day. I remember running out, seeing my parents at midfield, seeing that, and then looking up and realizing, like, I'll never run out of Ohio Stadium ever again. I remember going to break the huddle on kickoff and I couldn't even get the words out because I was so emotional, right? Because it was like my last huddle or last first huddle, I should say. Yeah. No, man, it just means a lot. I mean, these memories are everything. And these players that are playing on Saturday, I hope they realize like this is, I wouldn't say a once in a lifetime moment, but technically it is because you only get one of these games a year. Yeah. That's here, right? Yeah. Those things matter. So I kind of look at it and I say, I hope these players really take advantage of it. I hope they leave it all out on the field. I hope they don't go in there expecting to win, but they go there and they take the win mm. and then just enjoy, enjoy that victory with their teammates. Because the reality of the situation is 2022, a large majority of those players know what it's like to beat Michigan, but there's also some that don't. So it could yeah. be a first time for a lot of these kids beating Michigan, but also as an underclassman, it's your opportunity to send off these seniors with a win. So there's a lot on the line. Yeah. That's what I took from it. And I was trying not to be out here preaching and this, that, the other, but like, hey, this is just the reality this of the situation. It. Yeah. Yeah, man. No, I appreciate that. Man, this is good stuff. I appreciate it, man. I don't know what else you want to add to anything we've talked about. Uh, listen, I'm just just ready for the game, man. You know, just I'm excited. <laughs> so, you know, it's funny. My brother just got married in June and his wife, we all grew up together in Cleveland, but she's originally from Michigan, mm. Detroit. So her family are like Michigan fans. So Ugh. all week I basically put a post and said, just so I'm clear, like all of you are dead to me. Yeah. Don't say anything to me. You're dead to me until the yeah. game is over. Yeah. And you know, they've been running their mouth well, as they should, you know, they're fans, but I'm sad to say that I actually have Michigan extended family now. Yeah. He brought that into that house. That's tough. I mean, it's all bad, but <laughs> yeah. we'll change it up. We'll make it happen. Yeah. Yeah, man. And Nate, this is good. Like we always talk about, it's more than football. There's depth to it. There's like, we talk about mindset, mental health, adjusting. Like, how do you deal with these wins and losses and what these players are dealing with? It's cool, though, that we get the opportunity to, like, even talk about it and think through it all. Because these types of games and these matchups, there's so many storylines. There's so many aspects to it that are related to the game and they're completely unrelated to it. I don't know, man. It's just, there's a lot to it. And to be involved in it, see it. And like I said before, you see the contrast. I don't know what it is. It's like the scarlet and that whatever color that they have. Mm -hmm. It's just, man, it doesn't match at all. Like there's no, mm -hmm. it's just nothing to mm -hmm. it that matches. Saturday is going to be a wild day, man. There's going to be a lot of emotion for many reasons. But keep in mind, like these athletes here at Ohio State, these football guys, like they've had to hear for an entire year that they got bullied. They got bullied. And then they also got to watch these post-game interviews of Michigan players sitting up there smiling and laughing and having a good time. And then to see, was that McCarthy or whatever his name is? No shot because didn't mean to mess up his last name. Yeah. But, you know, to see him post-game last week saying, essentially, the reporter asked, why do you think the Michigan team can beat Ohio State? And he said, because we can, because we're confident, because we're going to leave it all out there, X, Y, Z. So he's coming in Columbus with a whole bunch of confidence. So my message to these players, especially on defense, 
is, you know, especially defensive line, go ahead, pin your ears back, get off the line, get off that block, and you go hit him in the mouth. Hit him in the mouth, just like Jack Tatum said. Hit him in the mouth every single time. Help him up. Line up for the next play, and you go hit him in the mouth again, period. Shut him up. I'm sick of it. I know they're sick of it. That's over. That's my message for him. That's it. Sorry, I'm fired up, man. <laughs> I love I'm it. Fired up, man. I love it. You just said some stuff. I'm gonna kill it right at that moment because that was that was everything. Just saying, hit him in the mouth, man. In case you haven't noticed, we love podcasts. In fact, we love building podcasts, everything from development to production. Because of all that, we're building a one-of-a-kind podcast network. If you have a podcast or looking to launch a new podcast, then we should talk. You can message me on Twitter at Eric underscore Kaz or hit us up any way that works for you. Let's talk about your podcast joining this one-of-a-kind podcast network.